0: Mind-Body Connection Podcast. The body and the mind. With your host, Dr. Phil Parker. Due to the ongoing issues with the coronavirus situation, we've slightly changed our schedule. We've replaced our normal interviews with some recordings of live seminars on how to boost your health. To make it easier to navigate the seminars, We've edited them so that the discussion, theory, the research is covered in one section and then the second section covers some of the major exercises we've done so that you can listen back to them. This is the third in the series. I do hope you enjoy it. Hey guys, welcome to the third episode of Boosting Your Health during lockdown. Welcome, I can see we've got some people coming on. That's, please uh, say hi as you come in, it'd be really useful. Make sure the uh, comment system is working. And what I'm really looking forward to today is to finding out what questions you have because now we're this is the third week I've been doing this. I'm guessing we've been locked down for kind of 3, 4 weeks. Uh so people are probably starting to climb the walls, uh sit with their nose pressed against the window wondering what really goes on outside in the real world. Uh hi Paula, nice to see you. So, yeah, do drop your uh your 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 comments, questions down there. I've got loads of things I want to talk about. I was thinking um what shall I uh, spend this period of time chatting about? Um, because we talked about loads of stuff in the last couple of uh, hours. We talked about the importance of health, about the way you use your mind, the way you use your body, about neuroplasticity, the way we train our brain by use. And uh, there's a question about one of my guitars there from from Lucy's dad. Excellent. Uh, Keeping on message, that's what we want. So I don't even know this weekend I was um, I was uh, in the garden and I was uh, playing my guitar and singing and I recorded some of it and stuck it on Instagram and it got more um, likes and interest than most of the serious and significant posts that I uh, I usually (laughs) post. So usually I post pictures of my dog, uh, my bread, and now guitars, and that seems to be what people are interested in. But today we're gonna talk more about uh, health and wellness and ways to uh, boost that in this particular time. I was thinking through some of the research into health and there's a few key things that uh, we need to pay attention to I mean there's you know some obvious stuff like we need to eat as well as we can we need to exercise as effectively as we can in the short windows that we're having to exercise but there's some other things we can do because we are a bit limited on what we can eat you know what's in the sh- what's on the shelves in the supermarket what we've got in what's available Um, And we're limited a bit on what we can do in terms of exercise. We can exercise in and we can exercise out. um, But that is a bit limited. So what else can we do? Well, there's loads of things that we can do. um, And they are all things we can do inside. And they're all about changing the way we use our brain. So um, we're going to be looking at that about that today, particularly some of the research into it. Um, because very often people think, yeah, this is all just just moving my screen around so I can see your comments. This seems to be coming up on the screen for a change. Fabulous. Um, I've got too many keyboards here in front of me. Brilliant. Let's pop that guy over there. There we go. Um, So uh, we're getting some questions in, which is brilliant. Um, What's your advice for people who are struggling with not knowing how long the confinement will last? Excellent. I like the word fine in confinement. Um, I wonder what the Latin root of confinement is. Um, Fine often means end and con means with, but I don't think it means that. We'll have to look that up and see what confinement means. So I will answer that question. Do pop up questions if you have. That would be great to have them. Um, And thank you, Sharon, for enjoying my singing last week, as I was mentioning earlier. It seems that that's the most important and interesting thing I do do at the moment. As of having a PhD, talking about health and wellness, singing seems to be the thing, which is not a bad thing. And that kind of links into what can we do to improve our health. Well, there's a few core things we need to pay attention to around health which which I think are particularly important at the moment. The first thing is um, being lonely. Being lonely is, has really poor outcomes for health. It's very, very clearly linked to not good health. And, you know, some of that is about, you know, the elderly, but but it is also just being connected to people is very important. There are a number of hormones that pour out in uh, into our body when we connect with people. We talked about this last time. Anyone remember what they were? Yeah, that's right. Oxytocin, particularly, and dopamine. Oxytocin is known as the love or hug hormone. So uh, if you can't reach out and hug someone, then... Where's my camera? It's there. Then reach out and give yourself a virtual hug. Hi, love you guys. Good to see you. Um, and stay connected because, again, the research is clear that being with people increases your oxytocin. But actually, even connecting with them virtually... Uh, increases your oxytocin. Not quite as much, um, but it does. And I did a, uh, I was interviewed about this um, about a year or so ago. I remember clearly, as often happens, I was being interviewed in Sainsbury's car park, I was sitting in my car doing an interview, and uh, they're asking me about oxytocin and connection and isn't uh, social media bad? Um, and I was saying, well, it, you know, social media can have some problems, and I'll come to this in a minute. Um, uh, about the negative effects of social media and media, but it equally has some positives. And we're really seeing that at the moment, that people are redefining uh, what connection means. And we do get oxytocin by connecting them with people. So it's very important to keep those uh, those relationships alive. So uh, it's even being on this call will encourage things. Uh, we've got another few questions here. I'm just going to write these questions down. So we've got, when will it end? What do we do? When it end? And we've got... Um, a lot of clients worrying about people with social distancing becoming habitual after lockdown. That's an interesting question, isn't it? Will we get used to social distancing? Well, as English people, I think we already did, didn't we? But, oh, thank you very much, Margaret. Confinement comes from Latin limit uh, or end. Okay, so there's something to do with end. Uh, I'm glad uh, we've got a, a Latin scholar in the shape of Margaret on the, on the team, excellent. So, um, one of the things to say is loneliness and connecting with people. Maybe we'll talk about the question. We had a question here about um, clients worrying if social distancing will become habitual. It's a really interesting question. I think probably the opposite. I think people will, um, will remember how important it is to connect with people. And we'll run into the streets finding someone to actually hug. <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Um, I don't know if that's true. We'll have to, uh, have to wait and see uh, how it works. But I think normally when you uh, prevent people from doing something, uh, particularly if you tell them they can't do it, then usually when they get free to do it, they do it big time. Um, so we'll see. That, that is interesting. Uh, another question here. If, will people have a fear of intimacy? Um, do, you, do you mean the same thing, Vicky, um, as what Lucy's saying there about people not being okay with being with people? Or are you more talking about like, people being confined with their loved ones? They won't like their loved ones anymore and won't want to be near them. I wonder what exactly she means uh, and whether she's talking from personal experience. We'll find out in a minute what that's all about. Um, uh, so, yeah, so loneliness. Um, it's important for us to connect to people. We've got to find ways to do that. Uh, that work for us and we are lucky that technology is is here and we can do stuff like this um, it's uh, you know the number of zoom calls that I've been on uh, in the last few weeks is quite a, a, amazing a uh, question about improving the quality of sleep okay excellent well it's good that you mentioned that mark um, the quality of sleep is very important because Sleep is another of those massive uh, affectation factors that has an influence on our on our health. Uh, one of the problems people often have with sleep is if they've not been physically busy enough in the day, then they kind of are a bit you know, hectic in the, in, the, uh, in the night and they don't have as good sleep. Also, of course, naturally people thinking about stuff. Uh, and thinking about stuff just before you sleep is probably the the least useful time. If you find yourself worrying about stuff, and particularly when you put your head on the pillow when it's time for sleep, then one of the suggestions is to spend some time in the day where you can, you know, spend 15-20 minutes going through stuff that you normally think about at night time because they say it's your your brain is having a chance now it's finally got an option to kind of go Right, okay, um, uh, now you've got some downtime, we're going to start thinking. And that means you didn't give it enough time in the day. And I don't know about you guys, but I've been uh, more busy. I've been working 13, 14 hour days in this lockdown. I've got so much stuff I need to do. Um, and so having any time to think about anything else, that- I haven't been making the time, so I need to make the time. So thanks for, for mentioning that, Mark. We'll also look at some other stuff around sleep. Uh, Vicky's come back and just filled us in with the, the details. It's not about her personal experience. Excellent. Uh, I was wondering what the situation will teach kids. Uh, the stuff comes normal for them very quickly. My daughter's become adept at disting herself from others as they walk on the pathway. I just got to expand that message. See more, oh, etc. cetera. Good. Um, yeah, so I think people will get, used to it but i do think there will be a bounce back i think people will want to be more connected they'll realize how much they they missed it hi vicky good to see you nice to see you on the call um a lot of people are finding that this period of time is amplifying uh, and, uh, and the stuff going on in their lives because you know the normal distractions that we'd have you know going out for a meal going out for a long walk um exercising going on a course all sorts of stuff we can do we can't do Um, and we're locked into a small portion of the world often with people we may or may not want to be with Uh, hopefully you are blessed with people you do want to be with but even so being with people that you really want to be with um, it's a bit like when people retire quite often you know they, they stop working and they, they kind of go, oh, I've got to spend all my time with this person, whereas normally I just spend my like, weekends and it's really nice. So getting your head around that can be very interesting. So it does bring up stuff. I'm going to be talking about this in a little bit. What else uh, improves health? We talked about exercise, obviously a good diet as much as you can. Interestingly, com- being compassionate is uh, very significant in uh, shifting health there's all sorts of interesting stuff you've watched my podcast with david hamilton talking about some of the research into how being compassionate compassionate doing compassionate med- meditation uh change the ends of the telomeres on in the genetic material and as you get older the ends of the the, the telomeres uh, of the, the genetic material kind of fray a bit like a shoelace. Um, and then they don't function as well and it's one of the signs of aging and if you do compassionate meditation you find that doesn't happen there's some very interesting research into that compassion meditations again related to both brain function and to your immune system function so being compassionate and that could very be very useful uh, being around others because one of the things that tests uh mine and other people's compassion is other people if we're just on our own it's not so bad you know we can get annoyed with ourselves but it's other people isn't it doing that stuff um you may know one of my uh, kind of things i always talk about is uh one of the things humans hate the most is being made wrong or a suggestion that what you've done is wrong uh and as soon as we Feel that somebody's saying that about us. We usually come out fighting. Occasionally we salt, but usually we come out fighting and tell them why they are wrong. I saw a nice post on Facebook. Uh, I think this yesterday, and it said, "Me and my wife are playing a new game, and the game is um, uh, why did you do that thing that you shouldn't have done, and, uh, and nobody's winning." <laughs> uh, if you do, if you do get into those kind of conversations, why have you done this? Then you will get the other person usually fighting back unless they're very, very uh, well behaved and able to stay in a calm and compassionate state. So we need to probably increase our compassion even more in these situations where we are locked in with people. Uh, so how can we do that? Well, let's let's have a little look at that. Hey, Kareem, good to see you. Nice to see you. Uh, I haven't seen Kareem for a long time. Uh we've got some other questions. Augusta says how can we help reverse a chronically tense state and an upset stomach whilst in isolation? Okay, any shortcuts to avoid doing a hundred of the LPAs a day? Uh Kareem says, uh how important is routine at this time? I found myself in a bit of a rut, waking at four PM and sleeping at six AM, trying to get the routine back to wake up nice and early and feel. It's great. It's quite easy this time to be getting to get into bad routine drinking just being way too lazy. Uh, Margaret says I'm only good at compassion but I'm finding myself getting really annoyed with people ignoring social distancing rules. Okay lots of interesting questions there. Um, how do you help to reverse a chronically tense state and an upset stomach? Well, If you are chronically tense, you're more likely to have an upset stomach just because of the sympathetic nervous system. If it gets stimulated, one of the things it does is it suppresses our digestive function. And you can produce also more acid, but just generally nothing works very well. Um, The best way to do it really is, I think, again, compassion. It's like noticing yourself in a chronically tense state. Quite often what people do is like, I need to do something about this. And they get all stressed about being stressed. And we can see there's a vicious cycle working there. I remember one one person came to see me once and they were on this, um, what diet is it called? The G- Gerson diet. Um, it's like, um, you know, just non-cooked food, organic. And they lived in the Isle of Wight. And they said, oh, I was so stressed last week. I spent all week driving around from shop to shop to shop to find we really needed an organic avocado. We must have spent 72 hours driving around the Isle of Wight, which is not very big, to try and find this avocado. And I was like, you know, avocados, organic av- 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 avocados, are probably much better for you than lots of other things. But the cost to your body of being stressed about it, it's probably on balance better to go and have some, you know, not organic, not particularly healthy food and be okay with it. And bring some kindness to that. Um, so, I think that would help. Make sure that you're being calm as you notice your stomach. And uh, some of you who've done work with me uh, and trained with me, you'll know that there's a whole other approach we use, uh, which is called parts work. And parts work is recognizing that we have parts of us which seem to not be on message. Uh, so, like Grim's uh, saying, you know, part of you wakes up in the middle of the night. you really should be sleeping or part of you creates you know pain and discomfort and one of the approaches the core approaches of that uh, resolving that is to be really kind to this part of you that seems to be causing you trouble so i'd recommend bring as much kindness as you can i'll go into that um, in terms of routines, this is an interesting one. Um, I I am really poor at routines. I just don't like routines. I think it's probably because my dad was in the army and I went to schools that are full of routines. It just doesn't work for me. So I rarely have a day that is the same. And I quite like that. It kind of works for me. But I know a lot of people uh, really recommend, particularly in these weird times, uh, that you do get up at a particular time and you do have a plan. I definitely think, you want to have a plan for the day I, when i say i don't have a routine i don't do the same thing every day at the same time but every day i make sure i have things i'm really interested in things i'm excited about things i feel creative things i think are important because if you just look at a, 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 an empty day just stretching into the distance you're going to get into trouble i had a client years ago who worked for cnn and uh, during the gulf war <clears throat> and she got uh, into bad habits drinking and stuff dealing with the, the pressure eventually she got um, got fired um, and uh she woke up every morning saying um, this is the uh, the best of my life is over there's nothing to look forward to now if you imagine that if you if you think every morning that thought that becomes your routine then you will get depressed because that is really the structure of depression by having emptiness and having no future and no sense. And that kind of locks into some of these other questions we've got about you know, uh, this sense of people going, When will it end? and what this calls it. I mean, none of us are very good with this, it's really about being, um, being passive. So, passive means not much we can do about it, active means we can do something about it. We love uh being having a sense that we can do something about it we really don't like that feeling when something is being done and it doesn't feel like as much we can do about it because we are you know the recipient of it we're not in charge of it and this is a really good example of it where uh somebody said you have to stay at home basically the virus actually and not much we can do about it and there's no end point if there was an end point they went Yeah, definitely by the 16th of July, you'll be out, you'll be good. Then people will go, "Okay, I've got a sense of where I am now. That's fine. But this uh, endless uncertainty is very tricky for people. Um, But equally, we need to be not passive and we need to be active about that. We need to think, "Okay, it is what it is. What are we going to do about it? And and it brings me back to um, Margaret's uh, comment as well. Well, she talked about i'm not normally good at compassion she's a very lovely compassionate person margaret you have to get to know her. she's great um uh she says i'm finding myself getting really annoyed with people ignoring social distancing rules and so one of the buddha buddhist teachings is to pr- bring kindness and compassion with wisdom so it doesn't mean say you just accept everything you spend some time thinking well is this behaviour going to increase the amount of compassion and kindness in the world? And by people ignoring social distancing, they're not. They're increasing suffering, they're increasing trouble. So it is reasonable to maybe not get annoyed with them, but to uh, for, for them to be informed that they need to change their behaviours in some way. Uh, again, the question you've got to ask yourself, is there anything I can do about it? If there's nothing you can do about it, it's not a huge amount of point in getting annoyed with it. Then we have uh, Lottie, hi Lottie. Do you have any advice for how to keep your well-being up while isolating alone and with a chronic illness? Well, kind of all the things I've said, but a hundred times more, because if you're at home with a chronic illness, um, you may be familiar with being at home. Some people, you know, uh, I mean, I I spend a lot of time, me and my dog, who's not in the room at the moment, and my computer, uh, I spend a lot of time working in this environment, it's not that different for me. so some people who've been you know isolated with chronic illness find oh know yeah, this is this is what i you know i've got um my daughter has a uh, a long distance uh, relationship going on with someone in a different country at the moment and she was saying yeah you know people not being able to see their friends or their boyfriends they want to you know they're not even started if you have someone living in a different country so you might be in a position where you have experience of what this is like and you're fine um Or it may be that it just highlights the normal things that you do to improve your well-being are more tricky. And of course, the other problem we have, and this is a problem for everybody, not just people with chronic illness, we have more opportunities to be with ourselves. And sometimes the conversations we have in our head are really not good and we start to stew into all sorts of not very useful are not very health-giving thought patterns. So um, one of my pieces of advice would, I think, seems like a theme today, would be to be kind to yourself in that process, you know, to really make sure that you're making the best of this time. And I'm going to come to this in a minute, something I want to talk about a bit. What do we do when we are stuck in these situations? How do we make the best of it? Um, so... What else? A couple of other things that are key in health. One is optimism. Uh, being optimistic is very linked to good health. Uh, so being reasonably optimistic by going, "This will, this will go. It will go. You know, we will survive. We will move on." Um, that doesn't mean being optimistic, re- re- unreasonably optimistic by going, "Right, uh, oh, I'm not going to get it. I'm going to go and not socially distance." So it's about using it with wisdom again. Um, how can we be optimistic? Well, interesting again, um, uh, Michael Yapkos has something very interesting about depression. He, he describes depression as being like learned pessimism. So remember I talked about depression is like, you know, no, there's no point, there's nothing coming up in the future, it's all going to be awful. But the opposite is to be optimistic. To learn to have optimist, optimism, and optimism is a, is a skill. That's really all it is. It's choosing to see the world in a positive way. And some of you know I talk about this sometimes. There's paranoia, isn't there? You know, where you think everyone's out to get you. And so if somebody says something nasty to me, you're like, oh, "I thought I thought that of you." If somebody says something nice to you, you go, "I wonder what they want. I wonder what's behind it." That's the paranoid position, where you assume everybody's badly intentioned towards you the opposite side of that and it's kind of a pretend condition but it's an interesting idea is pronoir, which is where you assume that everything people say is positively intended towards you so if somebody goes uh, you know you look nice in that outfit you know oh, I lovely and if somebody goes god you look really fat what's the matter with you you go oh it's so nice they care about my well-being they're pointing out and giving me an opportunity to change my diet oh how nice yeah so uh, being optimistic, being able to choose how you respond to stuff, and that's an extreme version, but you know why not? If somebody's said something like that, is it reasonable that you get bent out of shape because they're not very well-mannered? Maybe it's you. Maybe you need to change how you deal with these kind of people. Maybe you don't want to hang around them very often, but very often we stumble into conversations that aren't very useful for us uh, with other people, and we need to find a better way to deal with it. We've got Elaine who's shielding 12 weeks minimum for her younger son. Uh, well done, Elaine. I hope it's going okay for you. Um, so what else? Uh, we've talked about optimism. We also mentioned stress earlier when we were talking about Augusta. Generally, stress is the number one thing that is really bad for you and really easy to change, if you know how. Uh, so what ways do people change? being stressed normally what they do interestingly normally how people deal with stress is by escaping going somewhere else leaving you know, leaving the relationship leaving the job or possibly leaving the present moment by getting drunk getting out of it um there are lots of ways to do it lots of ways to leave but of course in this situation we can't leave we can't, if that's our option if that's our normal strategy we're stuffed because we can't get out we can't leave so we need to find different ways of de-stressing and we'll be talking a little bit about that today we talked about that more on the other seminars but uh think about ways for you that are good to de-stress um simple ways if you go onto youtube and look for me phil parker you'll see there's a whole range of free stuff on there i've done about de-stressing you listen there's a half an hour audio of me just talking you through how to be calm and relaxed. There's stuff on our website that you can download, audio programs, you know, hours of me going, and you can become very calm. It's all lovely, I I don't know if you know this, but um, sometimes when I need to de-stress or I can't sleep or whatever, I get one of my audios on and I put it on, and within moments I'm asleep, even though I know what I'm saying, and I know the tricks I'm pulling, uh, and I know the linguistic uh, cleverness that's going on in the conversation. I still find uh, myself just drifting away. So it's very powerful stuff. So check that out if you're interested. Uh, So the thing that I thought would be interesting to talk about for you guys to consider is if we move from problems of this into, well, how could we reframe this as something of value? And I know a lot of people are doing this. We've got a lot of time on our hands. You know, there's only so much Netflix, so much wine, so much cooking, so much, you know, stuff you can do to entertain yourself. Um, Yeah, I will I will put some links on for you. Um, There's only so many things we can do um, and we spend a lot of time, I don't know if you saw your, uh, my Apple iPhone tells me how much screen time I've been on a, a day. And I'm quite surprised to see how many hours it is because I've been so powerful, so focused on working for 13 or 14 hours. I'm surprised I have any more hours in the day where I'm actually on my phone, but apparently I am. Um, So checking social media, uh, which, as you say, is not a bad thing. It's quite a good thing to do to connect with people, but it depends how we're doing it are we connecting with good people, people that are interesting, people who are positive or are we, you know, chasing some nonsense uh, are we focusing heavily on the news all those kind of things because those are probably not very good for us and instead, and, and as I say I think a lot of people are starting to do this to take the time to kind of reflect to pause to pause and think okay well you know where where am i you know what's going on so i'd like you to do that now just for a minute and to do that just take a breath in through your nose mouth whatever you want and just breathe out gently and then i'd like you to become aware of your feet wherever they're connecting with the surfaces whether you're sitting or lying or standing to just notice that whatever surface you're connected to it's connected to the floor that's connected to the earth and if you were to follow the earth around it would eventually reach where I am and the floor that I'm my feet are standing on and all the way across the ocean to America India, Africa Australia, it's all part of the same earth, the same planet. So starting there, just kind of connecting with that sense of we are all here, connected in some way. And then, just to pause and think, okay, where am I right now? Just notice where you are. Then I'd like you to imagine you have a magic carpet and you're floating up on the magic carpet and you're going all the way back to two millennia ago, the year zero. You know, in modern times, birth of Christ or the common era. Two thousand years. And I'd like you to think, what do you know about that period of history? We know a few things. We know Pontius Pilate was um, governor of that area of the Middle East. We know there was a guy called Jesus. We know the Romans were about. We know um, the Romans hadn't got to Britain yet. Um, America was a long way off being colonized by the British, so is Australia. There's not much we know about 2000 years ago. We certainly don't know what people were doing inside their house, what arguments they're having, what they were cooking for dinner, how they entertained themselves, all that stuff's kind of disappeared. And we're left with just the tiniest fragments of bits of information about one or two people. So now I'd like to come back to the present on your magic carpet and go into the future I'd like you to go 2,000 years into into the future to 4,000 years uh, AD. Uh, So we're 2,000 years beyond where we are now. And we're looking back at this time in history. What would the history books say? You know, if you think about the time of Jesus, which is, you know, round about the year zero. How much do we know between zero? How much do you personally know between zero and two or 300? Hardly any bits of information from the two or 300 years. So if you think back, well, if you're in the year 4,000, you think back to roughly the year 2000, they will chunk it as like four or 500 years worth of history will be one sentence in a history book. So what would they say about this period? They'll probably say, you know, oh, yeah, man went on the moon, assuming that he did. They may say, uh, oh, they, you know, mastered electricity. Um, but there won't be much. Probably won't mention the coronavirus. That's just, you know, not that important. You know, the pandemic at the end of 1918, many people don't even know about that. Killed more people than the First World War. Um 500 years from now is 1500. We get, you know, Shakespeare, before that, all that period of time. The plague is even included, you know, the Black Death. So what will they remember about this time? And what perspective does that put on the stuff that we have been dealing with in our lives? How important is it really? So checking in with that, feeling what that feels like. Flow back to now. Mary says that she's lost me. Hopefully everybody else can hear me. If you can still hear me, just leave a message. Flow back to now. Feeling what it feels like. To have that sense of what it felt like to be in the year 4000, what it felt like to be in the year zero. And to bring that perspective into now. And having done that, then give yourself a moment to reflect on okay so then what is important for me thank you for that what is important for me cheers Lucy and Pippa what's you know when I think about it what is really important and some of you may know this story I uh I wrote a book called the 10 questions it's a great book by the way and uh I was talking to a patient of mine it all came from um talking to patients and I would ask them a question and I'd say like. Uh, you know, what do you think about this? Or how are you going to do this? And they go, that is a really good question. And that's that's where the book came from, really, collecting really good questions that people said changed their lives. And um, after I'd written it, I, I was working with this really lovely woman who worked for the BBC, and she told me the eleventh question that never made it into the book, but it's a really good question. Some of you may know it because I have talked about it before. It's worth reminding you. And that is, she said, I was at a party and I met this um, at the BBC and I met this guy who was a, I saw this guy who was a very famous playwright and I thought he'd be really good for this project I'm doing in, uh, in a township in South Africa. And then she had this big conversation with herself about, you know, If I go and talk to him, will people think I'm very kind of big-headed by talking to him? Will he he knock me back? What will people think? And eventually she thought, you know what? It's too important. Those kids really could do with this. I'm going to talk to him. I don't really care what anybody thinks. She went over to talk to him and he'd gone. She spent all this time working out whether she should go and talk to him. And the moment had passed. And she said, and I suddenly realised, and this is the 11th question. I suddenly realised... I need to ask myself more often, what's really important here? What's really important here? So in the same way, in this moment in our lives, reconnect with what is really important? What are the important things in your life? Where do you need to refocus? What do you need to grow and nurture? We've got lots of time on our hands at the moment, and yet still we probably haven't made time for some of the things that maybe we need to make time for, that would be good for us to make time for. Whenever we say there's not enough time, what we really mean is we haven't decided to make it a priority. Thanks, Sarah. So any time you find yourself going, ah, oh, you know what, I haven't got the time, there's always time. The question is, have you made it a priority? So what is, what is your priority going to be, guys? Where are you going to put your energy? This is, you know, not many positive sides to this, but this could be the silver linings. Like this is a chance to stop for a bit, for sure. Well, why not use it as a kind of enforced uh, chance to reflect, consider, meditate, You know, what's important for me? And I think in this time, we are noticing some stuff. It comes back to some of the really interesting questions. Will people be social distancing at the end and all the rest of it? I think partly what people are really missing is human-to-human contact. That's something that, you know, and that's why people are doing the virtual stuff, because they really miss it. We do. We are social animals. We have mirror neurons, which are specifically focused on how we can feel part of a gang so they'll accept us not throw us out so we have neurology developed for this uh so people are starting to tell us yeah write down what you you have kind of been reflecting on what's important for you (laughs) some stuff coming through keep it going guys excellent so we've got vicky said her master's course and the second draft of her novel excellent um Sharon says, her report. Mary says, university. Uh, Paula, so what is really important for you? Lucy says, uh, NLP exams. Excellent. And it is a time, you know, to, to take stock, to pause, to kind of think in the madness, the busyness of our normal lives. We don't get to do it. It's one of the great things of um, of having coaching, actually, is that it's... Dedicating some time to check it in with yourself, which we just don't do. We don't get on, don't, don't make the time for it. We so often put ourselves down on our list of priorities. What else have we got? Time with my family. Excellent. From Sarah. Fiona says, loving having the time to spend learning lots of new topics. Excellent. Elaine getting to know her kids even better. Kelly practicing her LP process. Excellent. So, maybe be a bit more thoughtful about where you put your energy where you put your time limit maybe your the news i was watching the news yesterday and you know, i was intrigued um that boris Trunkson was was ill um, i'm not a massive fan um, of him but uh you know it, it's uh it's sad when anybody's ill uh so i was wishing him well um and they basically had uh, you probably saw this they had probably three sentence a press release from Downing Street saying he's been moving to isolation, he is uh he's he's doing okay, he's not being sedated. That's pretty much all they had. And they managed to spin that out for 30 minutes just talking about it, going, well, this is what you think it means. It's like you have no idea what it means. It's all speculation. And they and I guess, bless them, it's because there is no other news, there's nothing else. There's a there's a famous thing isn't there, Stephen Fry talks about on QI, and he says, uh what what was the news headline in I think it was 1956 on this particular day and the news bulletin on the BBC was today there is no news because nothing had happened and that's such a rare thing and we are in that position at the moment where nothing is actually happening you know uh, I don't know if you know but I al, uh, uh, ISIS I think it was was it al-Qaeda uh, told their terrorists to self-isolate and if they got ill not to come home and spread it because you know you don't want you don't want any danger affecting the terrorist camps, obviously. Uh, lots of uh, war zones are stopping fighting. It's quite extraordinary what's happening. In fact, yeah, my wife, who works for a, um, a brilliant environmental charity, Global Action Plan, little name check for them there. I think they like that. Um, it's it's quite uh, extraordinary how the 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 things that all environmentalists want to happen: um, people not driving, people not flying. Uh, People eating a bit less, not wasting food so much, not buying clothes, all those things. I've just stopped uh, in a moment in a way that you never could have imagined. Uh, What else have we got here? Uh, Vicky saying, realizing that as well as keeping myself cheerful, but also want to ask uh, what I want to need and treating myself with more compassion, kindness, and respect. Very good. Respect, great word. Pit alert, I'm finding it difficult doing the lightning process to find myself getting in the pit too much to be able to focus on getting out. Uh, So yeah, the pit in the lightning process, those who don't know, the pit means uh, when you are not moving towards the life you love. So it's any kind of behavior, thoughts, um, actions, uh, feelings that lead you out of a great life. And um, if you're finding yourself doing that, uh, oh, first thing I would do, really, be really deeply kind to yourself uh, when you're using the process or anything else and just kind of go okay you know i can see you're having trouble i get that i really get that and there will be a way through it and we'll take this slowly that will be my starting point for that because otherwise what will happen is you really try and fight your internal conversations you just end up getting into a real stress about it instead you want to just start from the point of okay this is going on Remember the do, those those of you know about the do, it's unconscious, it's unintentional, I'm not doing it on purpose. So be kind to yourself. Be kind, be respectful, be compassionate. Kind of go, I'm dealing with a lot of stuff here. What can I do to take a baby step in the right direction? Fiona says, it's like a giant reset for the planet? Yeah, it is. Uh, Sarah says, shame they don't report any good positive news. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, lots of really interesting stuff there. I do think it's a, it's a good opportunity to reset, look, consider, refocus. The seminar continues with some more practical skills in the next episode. The Mind Body Connection podcast. The body and the mind. mind.